Hosanna. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Would you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It was early in the morning when Jesus sent two of his disciples to a village atop the Mount of Olives to find a donkey. The day had come for Jesus to enter the holy city of Jerusalem during Passover, a time when the city's population would balloon up to 200,000 people entering to celebrate to remember. On Sunday morning, while the crowds gathered with palm branches, Jesus entered Jerusalem. Five days later, he would be killed on a cross. This is what happened during his final week. The two disciples procured a donkey and they brought it to Jesus and they placed their cloak on the donkey and Jesus got on the donkey and he started to ride up to Jerusalem. As he got closer and closer, the crowds began to gather and they pulled out things like their palm branches, something you can do right now. And some of them even took their cloaks off of their shoulders and they placed them on the ground and they took these palm branches and they waved them and they said things like, Hosanna, Hosanna, which means save us. And they waved them back and forth, and some of them even took their palm branches and put them on the ground with their cloaks to make it appear like a holy pathway for Jesus. You can stop waving your palm branches now. They waved them back and forth, and they shouted, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of our Lord. Blessed is he who comes to inaugurate the kingdom of our ancestor David. Blessed is he in the highest of heavens. He rode on a donkey not because it was economical or practical, but because it was faithful. The prophet Zechariah says, Keep an eye out for your king. Lo, he comes humble, riding on the back of a donkey. It's the same way that King David had gotten around centuries before. So here is Jesus entering Jerusalem, and the people are shouting, Save us now! Save us, Lord! And as he got closer to Jerusalem, he looked out over that city, and Scripture tells us that Jesus began to weep. He cried for Jerusalem. The only other time we read about Jesus crying was when his friend Lazarus died. But Jesus begins to weep for this holy city, not because of anything in particular that they were doing, but because he knew he was the Prince of Peace. That he would come into this town with people shouting, save us. And he knew that before the week was over, he would be dead. And there was evening and there was morning, the first day. On Monday morning, Jesus woke up and he went with his disciples to the temple, a very opulent and beautiful place where all of the Jews who had gathered to remember the Passover would be. He walked into the temple much like we walk into church on a Sunday morning. He was talking with his friends and his disciples and he looked in the temple and he saw tables set up and chairs. And in those chairs 
were money lenders and money changers. To come to Jerusalem for Passover, you had to buy animals so that you could sacrifice them. And they needed to be pure. So these lenders, these merchants, would set up shop in the temple, and they would inflate their prices because they knew the poor would come. And the poor would have to pay whatever they were offered. And Jesus looked out. He saw how these people were taking advantage of the poor. Jesus, the same Jesus, for who three years, he said things like, the last will be first, and the first will be last. Jesus, who told the rich young ruler to sell all of his possessions and give them to the poor. Jesus, the same one who said, it will be easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. Saw what the leaders of the temple were doing. He could not believe that they were taking advantage of the faithful in the name of God. So he walked up to them. He said, how dare you make a mockery of my father's name in this temple? You have turned this house into a den of robbers. How dare you do this in the name of God? The leaders were okay with this prince of peace who came into town to back of a donkey. But then he took away their money for the rest of the week. That week where they would make more money than they would the rest of of the year, because as long as Jesus was in Jerusalem, they could not take advantage of the week. And there was evening, and there was morning, the second day. On Tuesday, Jesus entered the temple yet again, and he found the leaders where they were standing. And he began to teach in the open air. And the leaders came and they said, How dare you? Who are you to teach with this kind of authority? Who do you think you are, Jesus of Nazareth? So Jesus, who had used parables throughout his ministry, starts to respond to their calls with parables. He tells story after story after story. And he ends by saying, If you're going to dress this way, you have to practice what you preach. Because what you are Marshall's not real, but he's a good example. <laughs> what you are is a hypocrite. You're a snake. You're a brood of vipers. So don't come into my father's house and tell people how to live their lives if you're not willing to do the same thing. So these religious leaders, the ones who had seen him enter on the back of a donkey, the ones who had seen him overturn the tables, were now called hypocrites. They were accosted for the kind of ways that they were taking advantage of people. The ways they were saying, look at me. I'm so faithful. You need to act like I do. Jesus said, no, you need to practice what you preach. And you need to stop being such hypocrites. And there was evening, and there was morning, the third day. <coughs> Wednesday, Jesus woke up, and instead of going to the temple, a place that was probably not safe for him any longer, he went to the Mount of Olives, a great vantage point to look over Jerusalem, and one of his disciples pointed at the temple, and he said, Lord, 
Look how beautiful the temple looks. Look at those stones. Surely they will last forever. And Jesus said, no. All that you see here will crumble and will fall and be destroyed. But the kingdom that I'm inaugurating will last forever. And you will know because there will come a time when the stars will fall from the sky. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But you who do the will of God, you who clothe the naked and feed the hungry and minister to the sick and visit the prisoners, you who do the will of God will be saved. He said, if you want to be saved in the end, you need to do the will of my Father. Because the temple, this church, for as beautiful as it is, one day will no longer be here. But Jesus' kingdom will last forever and ever. This was the end for the leaders. He had taken away their money. He had called them hypocrites. And now he told them that the object of their worship, the temple, was meaningless if they weren't living like Jesus. If they weren't ministering to the last to the least, and to the lost. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. On Thursday, Jesus spent a lot of time teaching with his disciples, but when evening came, they gathered in the upper room, and they sat down at a table to share a meal, something that all the Jews would be doing, a meal called Passover. During the meal, they would remember how God had delivered their people out of Egypt and out of slavery and captivity. They would tell stories about how God had showed up in their lives to deliver them out of suffering. And then Jesus did something radical. He took bread. He gave thanks to God, and he broke it, and he gave it to his friends. And he said, I am going to give my life also took the cup. He said, I'm going to pour out my blood to save you and to save the world. And on one side of him was the disciple Peter, who in a few short hours would deny his association with Jesus. And on the other side was Judas, the one who in short hours would betray him to death. And he said to them, I am giving my life and my blood for you. Pilate. 
who said that he could find no wrong with this man, but he brought Jesus before the whole people. And he said, what would you have me do with this man? And they shouted, crucify him! The same people who had been on the road just days before saying, Lord, blessed are you, save us, were now the ones who were pointing up at him and saying, crucify him. Kill him. So Pilate washed his hands of the matter and he handed Jesus over to the guards. They took him and they beat him nearly to the point of death. They mocked him for being the king of the Jews, so they got an opulent robe and they placed it over his shoulders. They got a crown of thorns and it dug into the skin on his head. And then they gave him his cross. Put it over his shoulder, and they made him march up to the place called the Skull. He marched and he marched, and people gathered on either side of the road, and they spit on him, and they mocked him, and they said, Oh, some king of the Jews you are. Save yourself. Where is your God? Where are your disciples now? And he carried his own death on his shoulder. And he marched to the top of the place called the Skull. And they nailed his hands and his feet to the cross. And then they hung it up in the air for everyone to see. And for six hours he hung. He hung while the crowds gathered around the foot of the cross. And they continued to mock him as he hung in the air about to die. For six hours they watched and suffer as the life left him. And with some of Jesus' final breath, he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. There was a thief on his left and a thief on his right. While the crowds continued to mock him, Jesus took his final breath and he died. There was evening, there was morning, the final week. Jesus had come into Jerusalem as the Prince of Peace. But then he grew frustrated with the ways that the leaders were taking advantage of the poor and the weak, so he overturned their tables. He could no longer stand their hypocrisy, so he called them out for their false practices. He saw that they worshipped the temple more than the living God. They weren't serving the needs of those who needed help the most. He broke bread and shared a cup with his friends. He was arrested and beaten and carried death on his shoulder to a hill where he died. For us. I offer this to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God, now and forever.